Did you think our theme song was just playing, JP? Yeah, I did. It was just, it was just me making the noises. I, I won't. Now that you hit record, I won't do it again. Did you? Okay, you didn't see this, but I saw this last night, and I thought we have to ask this person to do this. They have like an organ, and they were like, "Send me your song, and I'll make a free sample of it on the organ, and send it back to you." What? Yeah, so like some of you could play our song on like an organ. Oh, in Oregon, like a. <laughs> With like yeah. organ with pipes, like an instrument. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I instantly yeah. thought like state of Oregon or University of Oregon, which you, but no organ, like an organ no. in a church that goes like. Yeah, yeah. Imagine our song on like an like in JP, a church. please play five seconds of generic Oregon church sounds. <laughs> um, we haven't yeah, even done the intro yet. Let's do that for the next. We don't need to do the intro yet. Yeah, this is a pre-intro five-second request. <laughs> it's good to see you, man. Look at you, uh, ch chop, double up, chop them gear. Chop them, chop them. Double chop, 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 chop them twi twice. That's double the chop them and double the hope, because you can't spell chop them without hope. I got hey. hope, hope. I got hope, hope, hope. Hope for a day, hope for years, hope yeah. for decades. That's yeah. who we are. That's what we're about. Necessary. Uh, and it's been decades since we've been waiting for uh, our third esteemed co-host, Benjamin Lawrence Sebastian Weehage, to join the damn Zoom call for this episode. Uh, Benny's not here, but he will be here soon. He was uh, in Denver, just got back to Seattle, and is driving to Tacoma. That jet-setting, fun-loving, great-time-having <laughs> bastard who we love so much. Uh, so in the meantime... Dude, wait, he was on the tarmac in Seattle 90 minutes ago. Yeah. How, well, how long is the drive? I don't know. I don't know what either. But the, the Seattle airport is in between Seattle and Tacoma. That's why I call it SeaTac, right? I know I you hate so. Seattle and try not to know anything about it at all times, which yeah. will never not be funny to me. <laughs> but it's, it is SeaTac for a reason. Like, it's not like he was in downtown Seattle and then had to fight downtown Seattle traffic. That makes a lot of sense, home. actually. But, it's, but it's, I, think, I think the airport is sort of in between Seattle and Tacoma. Beats a me. podcast of three reasonably bright, very handsome young men who spent a lot of time in the Pacific Northwest, two of whom actually still live there, although that one isn't on the pod uh, currently because <laughs> we just mentioned it. Uh, we should know. We should know our, our Pacific Northwest geography a little bit better than that. But the only thing we know for a fact is that Corvallis, Oregon is the Paris of the Pacific Northwest. It is. And that's what we're here to talk about. We are. Is Oregon State sports, Oregon State excellence, Corvallis, Oregon culture. On this episode of what? The Belligerent Peace podcast for the 40th time. We're over the hill. We're over the hill, not buried under it, but we all probably should be. That day's <laughs> coming when they shut us down. Oh, here we go. Oh, who's in the waiting room? Fresh from Denver, Colorado. Denver, gorgeous. Denver, <laughs> gorgeous. 
Hello. <laughs> Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. He's got uh, some sauce from the Denver location of Fire on the Mountain still on his face. Just kidding. You look great. <laughs> Benny, how are you? I'm good. I, uh, I'm i sorry that Denver made me late again. I think That's it made okay. me late after uh, after the Boulder game, but I That's did right. not witness a, an Oregon State football loss this time in Denver, so it was a better no. trip. That was the... F- I, like Loki, despite Oregon State losing that game against Colorado, that episode was so fun because you were late. And I think that was the episode we had Fenley on. So you were late. We lost like crazy. I think Fenley had to push back like maybe a few minutes or whatever. And right as Fenley got on, the Tibisar news broke. Yeah, so we were right. live <laughs> reacting. And then, Benny, you came in in the middle of Fenley's interview. And some it was just like, don't miss a beat. Brand, <laughs> brand new podcast. <laughs> Who's never done this before. Uh, That's some professional shit right there. That was some, I, right. I, we grew. that You know, like at the end of How the Grinch Stole Christmas when the uh, Grinch's heart grew three sizes that day, uh, our po- podcasting prowess grew three sizes that day. And we're back <laughs> for it. And we're here. And you barely missed anything, Benny. You did miss the Beaver fan focus with Scott, but he said his regards. I love you, Scott. My apologies. <laughs> That's about what you probably would have said anyway during the interview. So that's... <laughs> you can just edit this in. Exactly. Oh yeah, JP, just just take a still shot of Betty's face right now and just paste it into the YouTube uh, video. <laughs> if you're listening to this, the 40th episode of uh, the Belligerent Beeves podcast, Benny, just before you uh, jumped on, uh, we made the remark that we are over the hill and not buried under it yet. Uh, but we soon will be. So it's just a matter of time. Enjoy us while we're here, Beaver fam. Just kidding. We're going to record this podcast for eternity. <laughs> anyway, Benny, back from Denver. How is Denver, man? Denver was fun. Um, I uh, I went to go visit my my really good friend, Garrett. Um, he was He's quite the aficionado when it comes to good places to eat in Denver. So I ate really good. I tried steak tartare for the first time last night, and my stomach was not feeling it this morning. Really? But it was worth it. Steak, it was, you had never had steak tartare before? I never had it, no. No, sometimes I, I get steak. that, too. Yeah, Even if you get, like, an overly rare steak, it just it tastes delicious, but my stomach just yep. sometimes isn't really happy with that. Right, right. I'll just put it this way. I had to upgrade my seats on the flight to be closer to the, to the restroom. I thought you were going to say you had to upgrade your toilet. <laughs> no, that, that, in a, that in made, a way he did. Yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but Denver was good. It was it was super nice weather. Um, and yeah, a ton of fun. Glad to be back, though, in the great Pacific Northwest. How was the fire on the mountain Denver location? Is it the exact same as Portland? different in any way yeah so um i I don't think that they skipped a beat uh the fire on the mountain was uh just the chef's kiss in denver as it always is in portland i didn't know that they had any other locations other than the one on on eastburn really (laughs) you have (laughs) like four in portland yeah Other there are like three different ones closer to JP's house, which is where we normally stay by. <laughs> Eastburn is where we came. Is the location we came of age at, though. So I can't right. fault you for that. Right. Uh, I I definitely did not know that they had fire on the mountain in Denver, and uh, and we just sort of stumbled on it. So that was uh, it was a cool find, a reminiscent nice. find for sure. Did you do the thing that you do at wing places where you're like, let's get the 
absolute spiciest just to try them. <laughs> and then you ruin like your next three days. No, I've learned from my mistakes of the past. That was, uh, yeah, that, that ended at the cheerful bullpen. Ah, JP, have you been to the cheerful bullpen in the last number of years? Never. I mean, I, like not in the last 10 years, no. I wonder how it's doing. I don't know. So we could probably we, we could probably look this up. I love. Is that this the thing. part of the episode where you look things up? Is this the part? Of, I, I I'm gonna say. Is there no. a new segment? I'm just gonna <laughs> say that I love. Shout out to the cheerful bullpen. That was such an incredible place. Uh, no sports bar have I ever been to before then or since where the bartenders were as Johnny on the spot with making sure every TV always had live games always changing TVs right away. So like the local news was never playing on anything. Uh, every staff member knew exactly how each TV worked. And they had like a thousand of them in there. Like one of those places where every booth had like a small flat screen. So you could get any game that you wanted, at least on a tiny flat screen. And I love that. Yeah. And shout out for them having the hottest wings I've ever oh, encountered in my entire life. I don't know that. I don't know if that's what we want to shout them out for, but <laughs> it, it, they did a good job. Actually, Benny, you brought this up just uh, indirectly. You said detective music, mm. and do you remember the one time we did use detective music? What the topic of the conversation was? Bernice. Bernice, Bernice Beaver. Beaver. Where is she? Cool development, at least partial development. So shout out to the Beaver fam. Uh, we've had a lot of people talk about this, whether it was. Chubby Beaver, Cody from Beaver Bullpen, uh, Joe Hedberg, other other listeners, other fans across Twitter have expressed concern and a desire to bring Bernice back to life. Well, we're not getting her back yet, unfortunately, <laughs> but but there's baby steps. Uh, Sarah Elcano from the uh, Oregon State Athletic Department did say that Bernice's fan mail has been dwindling recently. So any sort of fan mail, like the most adorable, adorable drawing that Chubby Beaver's daughter drew of Bernice, uh, sending things like that would just warm Bernice's heart. Uh, and Sarah proposed opening a P.O. box for future correspondence where Beaver Nation can send Bernice fan mail, which isn't exactly what we want, but it also there. we have a is, line of communication to Bernice. It also is a baby step into the acknowledgement of the university that she isn't just completely cut off and disassociated any further. So I take this as a win. Investigative music, stop. I thought you said you weren't going to play the investigative. I didn't. I was just no. saying that. In my head. <laughs> no, you should. No, you should play the investigative music for that because we opened the goddamn PO box. Uh, or we opened the possibility of opening a PO box uh, for 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 Bernice. Uh, I think we can just uh, we'll we'll you know put put uh, the the address of the Oregon State Athletic Department in the show notes. Uh, in the meantime, uh, if they're if they're really serious about this, let's overwhelm them with Bernice fan mail. That's right. To the point that they have to open the PO box and uh, let us know where Bernice is and how she is doing, and perhaps someday, one day have her return to her rightful place on the sidelines once again. Because you can't spell chop them without hope, Beaver fam. Yeah. And yeah. all of our collective hope is that Bernice joins us in fandom once again. We should get her on the pod. Yeah, we need to add be. the uh, true crime hashtag or true crime 
element onto our podcast so people can search for us that way too <laughs> so we just pop up next to cereal in apple <laughs> and, and spotify the confusion yeah. on that that listener well, yeah. <laughs> listeners who like cereal also tuned into the belligerent beefs podcast there would be such a good easter egg for those people that stuck it all the way through to the bernice episode though. So apparently like, investigating oh. rodent-based mysteries it's an animal kingdom type of a uh, type of show um, anyway, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, shout out Bernice, uh, shout out for uh, Sarah for uh, opening that pipeline. Um, and also shout out to a Chubby Beaver's daughter for drawing an amazing picture of Bernice. I think that made Bernice's day. So I think we should did. all draw Bernice pictures and, and send them to her. Yeah, let's do it. That's right. Yeah. What else are you doing? Your brackets busted. I don't care who you are. There's no yes. way your bracket. What else are you doing with your time during March Madness? <laughs> Either of you guys have a have a decent bracket. Mine's actually not awful, but it's like not great. I I haven't checked the scores from this afternoon's games, but did Arizona win? They're going to the Sweet Sixteen, right? Arizona. They're playing right now. Oh, they're yeah. playing right now. Um, I'm, yeah, mine's busted, but like the teams that I have. At least in the final game, are still there. All right, but who's your final four? Uh, here I have Gonzaga and Arizona in the final. Um, Same. I th- yeah, I feel like a lot of people have that, right? Especially like West Coast people. There's not really other West Coast well, teams to choose. Being from. a good uh, p- citizen of Corvallis, aka the Paris of the Pacific Northwest and a good former patron of the Peacock Bar and Grill, I have the St. Peter's Peacocks in my Sweet 16. (laughs) I did not, but I will be in Philadelphia uh, on Wednesday and staying through Monday, and the the St. Peter's Peacocks will be playing at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia on Friday night. Uh, We don't know who their opponent is yet. The winner of the Purdue-Texas game, uh, that's happening right now. Purdue's winning 59 to 54. Shout out to our uh, friend and former Belligerent Beeves guest, Travis Miller, the head of Purdue's SB Nation, Hammer and Rails. Uh, so if uh, St. Peter's is playing Purdue, I'll be there. And I'll be sorry, Travis, but I'll be cheering for the Peacocks all the way, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Oregon State couldn't get into the tournament again this year, but hey, if the Peacocks can make it to the Elite Eight, that basically makes us winners. It's the it's the equivalent, essentially. Yeah, it does. They're my new favorite. Absolutely, I didn't even realize that they were the Peacocks. Like Me it's neither. one of those things where like you're like, oh, that's awesome, a 15 seed, you know, upset a two seed. Let's go. Yeah, you always but, cheer for the 15 seed. Yeah, but then you, I was like, but they're not going to win the next round. But then they, and then they won again, and then you're like, okay. Although Oral Roberts did the exact same thing last year, right? I know, I know, and that's what kind of overshadowed our our excellence. But uh, at least as a Cinderella story. But uh, right, those dude, fuckers. You were the yeah. If you're the Peacocks, <laughs> you're flying high. Yeah, yeah. I'm a fly peacock, baby. You gotta let me fly. Fly high to that sky. <laughs> I was I was hoping for a uh, a Michigan Ohio State game in the that would have been fun. That which would have been, been that cool. Was what I was I had Ohio State beating Villanova too. And me in too. My bracket. So, um, well, I hope all of your brackets are uh, intact. Uh, Beaver fam were <laughs> as intact as uh, they they can be. Uh, hope everyone wins some money. Arizona only up by three at the half right now. Yeah. TCU, so. Yikes. Yeah. The the second half of this episode is just going to be us watching Arizona shout out to a good friend of the pod Matt Bauman uh JP's brother-in-law <laughs> who is 
definitely not caring about what we're doing right now and watching, <laughs> watching this game with bated breath. Um, I, I picked Arizona to go all the way. So, Maddie, I'm with you, pal. Bear, bear down. Is that what you say, even though you're Wildcats? I don't get it, but bear down. <laughs> I had I actually had Ev fill out the bracket for the first time this year. So last year I had him do it kind of. He like didn't was like totally disinterested, and I was like, it's fun. You know, like just pick the teams. And he was just like that one, that one, that one. He was like just trying to get the whole task over with. But this year he was actually very serious about like looking at the numbers, looking at their like strength of schedule. I was trying to explain like what it all meant. So you could tell like which team was like better versus the other one, at least on paper. But then he also always had a little bit of the whole like, I like their logo. Like for example, Travis might like this, he picked Purdue to go to the final four because their logo is a P, the same first letter as his little sister's name, Penelope. So he was That's like- That's cute. That's yeah, awesome. He's, he's like, this is Penelope's team. Uh, I'm gonna go with them. And they're going to the final four, but he but he's got an interesting final final four. Actually, no, he they had him losing to North Carolina. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Travis. But uh, Gonzaga, North Carolina, Loyola, Chicago, and Kansas were his final four. Nice. Yeah, he, not be- bad. he believed in Sister Jean. He did believe in Sister yeah. Jean, and unfortunately, it backfired on him, like many others before him. Uh, <laughs> But he's also like doing really well in like a paid pool we're in. He's like in twentieth place right now, mm-hmm. uh, out of like one hundred and eighty. Oh damn! I'm, I'm like in ninetieth. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think that was the first time I ever did March Madness. I was uh, little and I was filled out a bracket in my dad's office pool, and I think I finished like top five or something. And I remember like being like a nine or ten year old and being like, oh. Like, I just know more about sports than these adults. That's yep. why that happened. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm, I'm going to win bracket pools for the rest of my life. And I don't think I've ever finished uh, higher than that since in, in a pool of that many people. <laughs> um, just so. 10-year-old Terry wanting yeah. his occupation to just be completely surprised winning brackets. I don't think Joe Lenardi <laughs> had the bracketologist title yet i saw it he took it god damn it joe lenardi do you guys Um, remember though there is and this is going to be uh sounding like an old man thing to say but there was something about writing your brackets out printing them out and oh i still do do it i do that every year yeah good for you well that's a good practice also this year um one of uh, the brewery that i shout out a lot on the show head flyer the one that's literally a couple blocks from my apartment they had well, a free to enter bracket tournament where you win free beer. I think the top, like uh, whatever, 10%. Um, so that you had to get one of their brackets at the brewery and fill it out at the brewery and hand it back to them. So that was the first day after brackets came out. And I went and I had a couple pints and they had, you know, some nice branding on their actual official brackets. Looked really cool. So I filled it out and then I took a took a picture to make sure that I, Always, because I always only do one. I always yeah. only do one. Yeah, and, totally. You can't. Yeah. You can't do multiples. You just can't yeah. do. Yeah. Sorry, I don't. It's buy like, it. yeah. I mean, it's like I understand, like, because it's you know, the I know many people play fantasy sports with multiple fantasy teams, but you know, it's for the full March Madness experience, I think you got to do one bracket and then submit right. that to all of your your bracket pools, uh, and then also in uh, the the women's tournament. I had Iowa going to the final four because Caitlin Clark is a hooper and they got upset today, but I also picked Oregon to lose in the first round to Belmont and they did. So (laughs) way to go. Belmont women's basketball. Yeah, Belmont. (laughs) Go Belmont. The only Uh, Belmont I like. 
<laughs> what about in Portland? There's a there's a fire on the mountain of Belmont. You're indifferent of Belmont, Portland. Yeah, it's Bel- Belmont Bay Area is what uh, is what sticks in your craw. <laughs> yeah, I'm not just yeah, just because no of comment. Oh, well, we need to get into the actual cadence of this episode. Thank you, Beaver fam, for tuning in to this. Yeah, cheers. That's what I was going to do. Cheers to (laughs) Benny. Are you ready for this? I am. 40th episode of the Belligerent podcast. We are 40. 40? That way? That other way. way. Other way. There you go. You got it. You got it. It needs to be your right (laughs) hand because we're seeing your right hand on the left side of our screen. Uh, but yeah, so we're we're over the hill, over the hill. I feel like we should be getting but dad we're also, joke, ironic cards we, or something. We're already kind of doing that shit though. Yeah. But forty episodes, forty episodes in less than a year. Uh, on uh, shout out to everyone who followed the Belige Beeves handle on Twitter. We tweeted out recently, just hey, our first birthday is coming up, May eleventh. That was the day our first episode dropped last year. We want to get to a thousand listeners by then, and in within two days, the Beaver Fam got us there. So now let's get to two thousand followers by May eleventh. Can we? Is it possible? Probably not. But why not? Dare to dream. We didn't. We didn't start this podcast to settle. So I'm, I'm down with shooting for two K uh, by 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 May eleventh. Yeah, let's go. Let's Shout go. out to everyone uh, who's followed. Uh, new listeners, welcome. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the show. If this is your first time listening to the show, then <laughs> good luck. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of nonsense, but a lot of fun too, and a lot of Oregon State content. Uh, we uh, at some we I wouldn't won't say we start out the show with this, but at some point in the beginning parts of the show, we get to a uh, craft beer slash craft cocktail slash adult beverage slash uh, adult vice segment. And then we raise a, raise a toast uh, to uh, Oregon State Athletics and uh, oftentimes uh, specific endeavors as well. Um, so are, are you guys ready to, to get into the, to, to the, to the cheers in tonight? Yes, sir. Yeah. Benny, you are, you were able to grab something? Well, well I'm not drinking you're... it right now. I'm drinking coffee right now. Okay. <laughs> That's for for the sake of this podcast. How how important? Uh, but I do, uh, yeah, yeah. At eight o'clock at night, um, I had uh, one of the best uh, beers that I've had in my entire life over this weekend. It was okay. at uh, a forget the name of the place, um, but if you have been to Denver or are from Denver, it is a giant beer garden in downtown. So uh, this is going they, well. They had a porter there. It's the one uh, beer garden in Denver. You guys know yeah. the place. Like, there's not 10,000 of them. The, it is called the Bayershire. The Bayershire. <laughs> my mom's favorite beer. Uh, brewed by Oregon State's own. It was the Bayershire Banhoff German Porter. Bayershire Banhoff German Porter. It was... So good. It had um, like I I like my porters to have a sort of some like hazelnut notes to them, and this did to the extreme, and it was amazing. So if you're ever in Denver or uh, see this beer somewhere else, grab it. It's awesome. I love that. That's a great, a yeah. great plug. 
It was so good that I would put it above the Black Butte Porter. Whoa! And yes. for those new to the show, we have a recurring bit on this program of the Black Butte Porter, which is the favorite beer of Ben's mother, Terry Weehage, uh, brewed by Deschutes Brewing, which Ben <laughs> incorrectly alluded to as being founded by an alum of Oregon State University several times. <laughs> so there's, there are layers to that joke. If this is the first time you're hearing this, uh, that is why we... Uh, brought it up and laughed so hard and if uh you're a returning listener i'm sorry for breaking the rhythm of the episode by explaining it and i will uh, get back to the cadence of this episode now jp what do you <laughs> have to drink this evening what what month is it march what was march. three days ago st patrick's day st patty's day slancha slancha nice. he's drinking again nice i love it hell yeah so dark it? So tell us about Guinness, this this unknown brewery out of Dublin that <laughs> seems to be making waves in the in the stout <laughs> in, in the stout game. So if you guys haven't heard of Guinness, it's uh, <laughs> it's about five hundred years old and is originally from actually about four hundred years old, three hundred years old. Either way, <laughs> do, 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 do centuries, centuries matter? Multiple centuries. Do yeah. centuries matter when you're as old as Guinness? No, uh, it's. You know, headquartered, and most of their production is brewed in Dublin uh, at uh, the St. James Gate Brewery. It's a wonderful tour. It's very it quaint. If you have never done it, there's lots to do. It's a really cool experience to learn about how Guinness is distinct and unique from other beers because there are very few beers that brew the way that Guinness brews their main uh, stout. And... It's one of those hard things to replicate. Yeah. So check it out. It's brand new, I think. It might be a couple centuries old. Right. I can <laughs> or a few centuries old or a dozen centuries old. It's multiple <laughs> centuries old. I think seventeen hundreds. I remember that. I think it's seventeen hundreds, yeah. yeah. I just uh, forgot what year it was. So five and math is hard. <laughs> math is hard. It's Absolutely. not twenty it's not twenty two hundred, it's twenty twenty two. It's just confusing. I apologize. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know. Well, Cheers to you and cheers to cheers to Guinness. Thanks. Uh, I, that tour is amazing. I did that tour the day I got to Dublin and was jet lagged as hell. Like I got on, I took the red eye and got into town at like seven thirty a.m. and couldn't check into my hotel until like four p.m. So I was just like walking around Dublin like a zombie for like eight <laughs> hours, and then by like two, I was like, "Fuck it, I'll go to Guinness and do the tour." Did uh, you go? So did you the aroma room? The aroma yeah. room could have woke I did. You up. I yeah. I and I, by the end of the, the tour, I was like, actually, like kind of like you just get drunk, that sort of like travel stamina. I wasn't drunk. I'd had maybe three Guinness. Oh yeah, then you're definitely not drunk because Guinness no. is one of those things you Guinness can have is light. all day yeah. long. Yeah. Every, like, yeah. it's, that, it's that easy, like people just like look at it and see the, the dark shade of it and think it's like all heavy and uh, heavy and Milkshake-y. boozy. But you know, yeah. you can, Guinness, that's a great, you know, it's a great football season beer. It really great, is. Great brunch beer. It's a great everything beer. Yeah. Let's launch it. We have, we need to, we need to get, since it's uh, the week of St. Patrick's day, happy St. Patrick's day, Beaver fam. Thank yeah. you for tuning in. Slancha to all of you. Uh, JP, please play five seconds of Raglan road by Luke Kelly to get us in the spirit of uh, St. Patrick's Where day. All ghosts meet, I see. Okay. Um, there we go. That's my fit. My favorite Irish song. Um, well, yes, it was St. Patrick's Day, and uh, it is is the season for some great beers. 
uh today you guys and this sort of like the last like few days in the twin cities it's been or today for sure uh, eclipse 60 degrees Woo! fahrenheit fahrenheit whoa and not kelvin Kelvin. celsius it would be very hot (laughs) that'd be very bad Um, (laughs) and not a cloud in the sky and something i do love about minnesota is it's just like we we just skip spring and people are just like, well, it's summer now, even though it's like still fairly chilly. Like this morning it was like 42 and like my neighbors were just out running in like tank tops and shorts. And I'm like, okay, like let's, let's ease into it here. Um, but I went to a, a friend's house uh, this afternoon we just grilled. We brought a TV outside and we watched uh, March Madness in, uh, in his yard. Um, put you know a bunch of uh, chicken thighs and wings on the grill had some had some nice beers and just hung out outside in the sun i got a little sun kiss and a little sunburn i don't know if you see a little little rosier rosier than usual here <laughs> benny's um, an expert in this area so he can oh, spot yeah. it exactly yes. yep um, i knew before i even got on so i have a beer this is more <laughs> uh more than a spring beer uh it's more of a summer beer from omni brewing in uh Ooh. maple grove minnesota it's uh-huh. called lake day session pale ale uh it's more for more for the summer than it is still technically winter for one more day uh the solstice is tomorrow so happy solstice everybody um and i will be as i've been doing the last few weeks have a live tasting right now so you can hear me cracking it oh Ooh. that was loud jeez turn JP your and audio Betty down can can confirm that I just cracked it and I'm about That was to not a it. sound effect that I added. That was a real <laughs> opening of the beer. Oh, he looks like he likes it. Oh, he looks like he I was... like it. Oh, yeah. Thumbs nice. up and everything. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yep. Um, I mean, I knew I'd like it. It's a session pale ale. I'm pretty easy to please with with all beers. Um super smooth. Let's see what else they've uh, they've got to say about this. Um, yeah, Lake Day. It brightens any day with its drinkable flavor profile. Thanks to an ideal splash of fresh citra hops, are always lovable and lakeable. Ha <laughs> ha ha! Pale ale. Um, <laughs> Omni is one of it's you know like a really like like far out suburb that's hard to get to. Uh, I, we have a handful of Mi- Minnesota listeners. I don't know how, but some who are actually in Maple Grove. So shut up, Maple Grove. That's actually where Cisco lives. Cisco has oh, a house in Maple Grove. JP, spent five seconds of the thong oh, song. Let me see that thong. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, just, is he from know. Minnesota? No, he just like he retired and just lives here now. Oh shit! They have the we most should... thongs per capita there. I think they have the <laughs> least thongs per capita. Is actually what he said when he like he did an interview about living in Maple Grove and s- literally said there aren't many thongs out here. <laughs> um, but if you're, a Cis- if you're a Cisco, you probably don't want to like be in Hollywood where like people are just like, "Hey, are you Cisco?" Like you want to live somewhere, you know, by a lake and just chill and drink Lake Day Session Pale Ales and. Have your silver streak blonde hair and remember that you were the guy who did the thong song. So maybe he's wearing thongs at the lake. He probably is. Ooh, I yeah. hope he is. I'm gonna <laughs> hang out. I'm With gonna silver hair. This. I'm gonna hang out. I'm gonna have a beer. I'm gonna have a lake day by Omni Brewing in Maple Grove, Minnesota, with Cisco this summer. Those in are my thong. summer goals. In a thong. Both of you. Both of us. Yeah. Great. Nice. Send pics. Send pics. Picture it didn't happen and it will happen. That is hot boy summer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you guys get really bad mosquitoes in Minnesota? 
Uh, it de- depends on the year and like the amount of rainfall and winter and everything, but they they can be pretty bad. I I don't think I've ever told you this story. My mom has said this on multiple occasions because there was one uh, WeHage family reunion in Minnesota. This is like before I was born. Um, but the mosquitoes were terrible, apparently. And her uh, dad joke of the year is the state bird of Minnesota is the mosquito. And it's all due to one experience that she had with a ton yeah. of mosquitoes in Minnesota. That's that's a dad joke that gets told a lot, to be honest. Um Maybe she picked it up then. She probably did. It made me laugh. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, no, it, it is, it is, it is funny. Um, just crushing just... stories out here, Terry. Just no. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's not original. I'll well, just I wanted now. to confirm that there are mosquitoes. Um, yeah, and they're mosquitoes suck. But yeah, I I don't think it's you know. It's not something I notice on a day-to-day basis in the spring and summer here. Oh, good. Um, if you go, if you go up to the Northwoods, they can get bad, but that's that's what bug spray is for. Nice. You know what the official bird is of our podcast? The official bird of our podcast is. It's, I know it's not a duck. <laughs> no, no, those aren't birds. Are they birds? Yes. Don't, ducks a, don't birds. answer that. <laughs> <laughs> our ducks bird. <laughs> our official know your enemy jp <laughs> our official bird is a patreon it's the it's the patreon bird. <laughs> i was wondering where you were going with this and we do have a new patreon shout out uh yeah to, to we do tonight so JP, our dude taylor know? folkman shout out to yeah folkman. found us he somehow found taylor Found us, found us somehow. Join the Patreon. He's all, he's all in. I love it. Shout out Taylor. Thanks for uh, thanks for participating and supporting. Yeah, thanks for helping to hold us down. You know, we we don't make a dime off of this podcast, and uh, the Patreon helps the uh, operations immensely. So, everyone on the Patreon, thank you so much. Thank you, Taylor, and welcome. Probably a new listener too. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So welcome, welcome to the welcome to the fam. Welcome to the Patreon. Uh, thank you so much for the support. We're happy you're here, Taylor. For sure. All right. Uh, are we ready to talk some Oregon State Beavers athletics? Yeah. Speaking yeah, of yeah. happy to be here. Of all varieties, happy to be here. Speaking of newcomers, uh, there's there's rumors of a few more big fish in the sea that uh, might have uh, their fins pointed towards the Paris of the Pacific Northwest. Uh, that's not an expression, but I tried. <laughs> um, but someone who did come, a four-star Former four-star running back, Jamius Griffin from Georgia Tech transferring to Oregon State. Done deal. Four-star running back, yeah. Jamius Griffin. Uh, you know, the BJ Express left Corvallis, headed towards the NFL. We love you, BJ Baylor. Shout out. Good luck in the pros. Uh, keep killing. Uh, but leaves a lot of carries uh, to be replaced we have all the faith in the world and our dudes Deshaun Fenwick and Trey Lowe who did a great job supporting BJ last year. A lot of big things, big expectations for Demir Collins. Shout out Jefferson High School in Portland. Uh, Hell yeah. Another, another talented back uh, for uh, Jonathan Smith to work into the offense. Uh, and just another person to just imagine, you know, programming plays for. This is uh, just a big, a big get, I think, for the offense. And to show that Jonathan Smith isn't messing around in the transfer portal. And is going after big names who have been tied to – a lot of big schools that seemingly wouldn't be uh, names that would necessarily pick Oregon State in the past. And it's just another big transfer portal cash-in. So I don't know uh, how many carries we 
anticipate Griffin getting, but I, I love the competition and see, we'll see what emerges out of the running back room in spring camp and into the fall. But yeah, this was, uh, this was big news coming on Oregon state football Twitter last week. Yeah. I, I think that you, especially at running back and the way that Oregon state's offense is set up, like you want to have depth at that position. So um, like you said, we have, we, we had players on the team where I would have been confident going into the season with the running back group that we have. But when you add a totally. four star running back to that mix, like that it's, it's hard to be anything other than ecstatic about that move. It feels a lot like before last season, when we were talking about all the wide receivers that we had at our disposal, yeah, our disposal, but, uh, you know, within on the Ours, program, yeah, we're, we are calling the plays for <laughs> That's people right. who call in and or write in and complain about stuff. We are the ones calling the plays. So keep, keep your angry messages coming towards us <laughs> or, or your, or all of your happy messages of your messages of thanks. Yeah. Yeah, because when we go to the college football playoff, it is directly because of us. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, but it feels very similar to that, where it's like, how there's only going to be so many carries. How the how's Jonathan going to handle this and lingering as well? Where they're going to get enough touches for all of the backs, plus still all the receivers. Really, most of the receivers are still going to be in the program. So um, yep. I'm excited to see where this goes. It all does still hang on, of course, what happens in fall camp, where everything shakes out, uh, you know, with the first few weeks of the season once we enter conference play, who's kind of grabbed all the playing time, but really, who's the quarterback? Yep. I think that plays into a lot of the success of pretty much all the rest of the skill positions. I'm, I'm not going to speculate about who the quarterback's going to be. I think there's a competition in the quarterback group of people who are currently listed on the team. So I think we should just leave it at that and not bring in any, any uh, elephants in the room who aren't currently in the room. I don't think that's necessarily a helpful conversation, but uh, think back. This is, you know, over a dozen episodes ago where we had Yogi Roth on who just talked about do, who do you have at your various positions who are going to be in the NFL and he looked at Oregon State last year, NFL offensive linemen, NFL tight ends. Uh, we wish nothing but the best for Tegan Quatoriano, who went through the NFL combine process last week and will probably be the first Beaver drafted in the draft uh, in April. I think right now you can say the Beavs have NFL tight ends, NFL offensive linemen, probably NFL running backs and probably NFL wide receivers right now. Guys that still need to show out, but it's not going to surprise anyone if these guys break out and become you know, draftable, definitely draftable players and competition brings out the best in everybody. So another name, another name with a lot of pedigree added to the room. Uh, you know, it's like if, if you're Trey Lowe and if you're Demir Collins, it's you need to step your game up more. If you're Deshaun Fenwick, you know, you were the person in that position last year who transferred from a big program and came in and still carved a big role for yourself. Uh, so I expect them to, you know, support each other and to play off of each other, but keep elevating all of their games. And I, I, it may not be where someone has a season like BJ did last year. It could be more of a committee, or there's like one, one game's a Fenwick game, one game's a low game, uh, and and so forth. But it, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't suck, and it's uh, reaffirming to see that. Tra transfer players with lots of options are choosing Smith and choosing Oregon State. 
and choosing them in a crowded room. Yep. Yeah. Either they're coming in, like Jamius is thinking, I can, I'm better than these guys, and he's got that confidence, which I think is totally fair to have uh, as like a you know collegiate athlete. Or he's thinking, I don't care how crowded this is, I'm gonna get my touches, and I trust the coaches, and, or it could be all of the above. But like either way, right. most of the time you think that a crowded room like what Oregon State has in the backfield, like we have in the wide receiver room would deter players from transferring who are trying to play immediately. Right. Instead, it, it's uh, clearly happening. It, that's an outcome, not a deterrent. I think that um, the the big thing uh, that's going to be pending on this season, like if we taking uh, – Daniels out of the equation, right? With the quarterback that we have, I think that it's important to remember that last year uh, we really went down the depth chart super quick. And I think that uh, Chance played really, really well in the first couple of games where he was really put into that position. Um, but he was also the third string quarterback like a, a month before the season. And so I think that there were probably some unfair uh, or unrealistic expectations of him. And he's going to have an entire off season or whoever that starting quarterback is. If it's not, if JT Daniels doesn't come to the program, they're going to have an entire off season to figure out how to get the ball to these playmakers that we were so frustrated. They couldn't do in some of the big games last year. I love how I was trying to just not say JT Daniels's name. And you were just like, fuck it. I'm just, I'm saying JT Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, no, I I know what you I I know and I agree with you. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Uh, but yeah, but also I I think that a little bit to what you're saying, JP too, is like I think that's a sign too. As we 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 don't know uh, Griffin's ex, like exact reasoning for choosing Oregon State over the, some of the other programs he had uh, uh, in his um, you know repertoire that he could have selected from, but there is a chance it's like, oh, like I'm looking at that offensive line. I want to run behind that offensive line. I'm looking at like this system. I want to run in this system. Like I just saw what BJ Baylor did yeah. in this, in this system. It's obviously, I think Smith is looking like he could be a potential quarterback whisperer and a quarterback friendly system without it being just like an aerial assault. We're going to just go for wide and throw it's the balance. ball all the time. Yeah. It's balance. And I think he probably looked at a player like Fenwick last year who came in and he was clearly not the number one back, but he still, Fenwick was huge for what we did last year. We're, yeah. we're a team that's going to need more than one running back. Lowe was huge for what we did last year. So yeah, there's only so many carries and I would also like to see our passing offense step up a little bit, but I think we're going to be a team that tries to put the pedal to the metal a little bit more and hopefully can move the ball through the air a bit, which would mean we're playing with more leads and protecting more leads and JP running the ball in, yeah. in those lead protecting situations. Uh, I, I think, you know, it's, 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 it's exciting just to see that. Obviously I think when we saw Smith do his damn right tweet, right? Like three days after JT Daniels was like, <laughs> Twitter you know, went nuts. Every insider was like, JT Daniels will decide in May. And then Jonathan Smith was just like, damn right. <laughs> and it didn't come out for like another hour who he was talking about. Um, yeah, I, th I think that was intentional. I think Smith, Smith wanted to cause a ruckus on, on Oregon State Twitter just because there hasn't been many ruckuses caused on Oregon State Twitter. JP, please play five seconds of Bring to Ruckus by Wu-Tang Clan. Bring the motherfucking ruckus. Bring the motherfucking ruckus. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's how you do it. That's how you do it, people. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about Griffin. I'm excited about the rest of the uh, the football uh, spring and um, and summer and all the rumors to come out. And if there's if there's another transfer, another couple transfers, maybe another big name or two, great. But if not, I'm I'm ready to roll with this group as is. And uh, uh, welcome welcome to the fam, Jamius Griffin. And we even mentioned Damian Martinez yet, who's going to be a, yeah. a factor for sure. I'm saying, we've like, got like four plus backs already in there. And right, that right. clearly did not deter Jameis to, to make the call to, to jump to this program. So I, I don't know. Like this seems wonderful. Is there any, is yeah. there any bad spin to this? I can't imagine. So no, I think it's a testament to the program too, that you see some of these big names coming in and the players that had made, uh, you know, uh, uh, impact last year uh, that are eligible are not leaving. So I think that that says something about the program and the, and its direction. And um, you know, Jonathan Smith being a, a player's coach, which is uh, awesome to see. By the way, did you guys see the video of so when Jameis announced his commitment to Georgia Tech? There's a video rolling in like the coach's room while they were like streaming it on like a big drop down screen, and they just like lost their minds. They were so excited that he committed. So. Uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I'm glad we've got a guy who drives coaches that happy. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Welcome to the Beaver fam, Jamie Griffin. In other football news, Johnny Hecker, Super Bowl champion, Johnny Hecker. John Hecker now. John, oh yeah, John Hecker. I forgot that I renamed him John Hecker. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Benny. Uh, was cut by the Rams, but uh, free agency did not last long. He has re-signed with the Carolina, or he has signed with the Carolina Panthers. So uh, one of the best punters in the game. Uh, obviously did not stay unemployed very long. So. I was going to offer him a spot on our podcast because punters and podcasts seem to work pretty well. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, yeah. he got employed by somebody else. Another punt. My offer. We'll have punter podcast episodes. John, come on the pod. If you don't like being called John, I'll stop. It just it just felt appropriate. You have to but go yeah. on the pod and tell him to stop. Though. Yeah, exactly. Come on the pod and tell me to stop. Calling in his John. face. In his face. In my face. <laughs> Mister Mister Hecker, with respect, he is a Super Bowl champion. I, I, I will, and also has the. Record for longest punt in the Super Bowl, and I think also the record for his second longest punt in the Super Bowl. So he's long, long John Hecker, <laughs> Mr. Hecker, uh, just a baller. Uh, let's move on to women's basketball. Uh, a collegiate basketball team who is still playing basketball, Scott Ruick's team, uh, marching through the women's NIT, beat the beach, Long Beach State, in the first round, 70 to 59 beat the Portland Pilots in this round uh, by 14 points. So two double-digit wins uh, marching towards the Sweet 16. The Sweet 16 of the NIT. But they are in the Sweet 16 <laughs> of the NIT. Your Oregon State women's basketball team are Sweet 16 NIT participants <laughs> and will host the University of New Mexico at Gill Coliseum this Thursday at 7 p.m. I know it's spring break at Oregon State right now, but if you're in the area, get your ass to Gill. Phil Gill. Um, Phil this is a, Gill. Exactly Ooh. what we wanted to see when we were talking about if this team deserved a spot in the NCAA tournament or not. That's neither here nor there, but getting a spot in the NIT allows this team, most of whom will be coming back, 
uh, to run it back next year, get minutes next year, try and get this team back to the tournament, try and get back to the final four, where which is the goal for a program like this every year. Playing really well. Kennedy Brown's star is rising. Uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. They've obviously both games were a little up and down um, to start a little bit, but today against Portland, they held the lead for about all of three minutes. And when before the turn this tournament started, we mentioned we let, laid out all the things that we wanted to see Ruick and the leaders of this team do, and we're seeing exactly that. And like, if anything prove your doubters wrong and that's what besides like the extra practice and the team starting to figure out how to play together especially in some pressure games like these where the winner go home um i mean they've been very fortunate to be hosting which is great so continue to fill gill show out for these ladies as they're balling out but what i'm what i'm really seeing here is that they're showing everybody that yeah we were a bubble team we weren't a team that just snuck into the NIT either. Like, and then we're you know barely hanging on or got bounced in the first round or two. Um, I hope to see this continue in the Sweet 16 against New Mexico. But uh, if you want to show people you should have belonged in the NCAA tournament, win the NIT at least get to the Final Four. Right. Period. And I think right. they could do that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, the the thing that impressed me the most about this women's team is, I mean they really went into the postseason limping. Like they, they did not end the season on a hot streak. And that is something that's really, really hard to just turn around. Um, yeah. uh, you know, momen- momentum's a hell of a thing. Uh, and so shout out to, to the team, shout out to the coaches uh, to, to figure that out. Cause that is something that um, I think is probably going to be overlooked at, uh, at the end of the season, but something that I think is a huge accomplishment. Yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. Sorry, I I muted myself because I was sneezing, and then I typed something till, till I didn't want to look up something live. But anyway, but yeah, Kennedy Brown having a hell of a run uh, in this tournament. Tournament. Uh, Yelena Mitrovic is uh, as well, uh, just playing some of her best basketball of the season, um, and just back to back double digit wins, uh, putting in the in that work to put a positive spin on the season. Benny, you mentioned that the season didn't quite. And the regular season, especially uh, with back-to-back road losses, uh, that that sixteen to two first quarter against Stanford in the in the Pac-12 tournament um, was tough. So I think you know it's great to uh, get add some more wins uh, for this season, uh, but also the, I think this is going to be felt next year. So um, hope hope that they keep it rolling. And uh, also we all noticed this on Twitter and talked about it in our group chat. About there is someone made a comment that uh, Jamal Crawford, who <laughs> played for seemingly every NBA team, and what he played for all three. We have a Warriors fan, a Blazers fan, and a Timberwolves fan on this podcast. Jamal Crawford played for all three teams, <laughs> <laughs> and is well liked by all three fan bases. And someone on Twitter said Jamal Crawford needs to be in the Basketball Hall of Fame, and I agree with that. Uh, we all agree with that. Someone else who agrees with that is Talia von Olhoffen star for the Oregon State women's basketball team who stated her opinion on that. And uh, Jamal Crawford shouted out Talia specifically on Twitter, uh, say legend in the making, always a privilege to, to see you ball. And I was like, I didn't expect to wake up and see Jamal Crawford and Talia Von Olhoffen interacting on Twitter today, <laughs> but I'm so happy that they are. <laughs> what a pleasant surprise. I love you, Jay Crossover. <laughs> no, that's so cool. Like It wasn't like he was just saying, like, hey, thanks for the love. He clearly recognized who she was because he's seen her play. And like she is that yeah. damn good. 
like you if nba stars are taking note then uh yeah we're in good hands that has sure. to be such a good feeling for her too. <laughs> oh, can you totally. imagine if Jamal Crawford level? tweeted at you and said "legend in the making"? Yeah, like your, your I, head would explode. Podcasting yeah. legend in the making. If, Just mic drop on everything else in my if, life. If Jamal Crawford told either of you you're a legend in the making, that would be the best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> like I would call my mom immediately. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jamal Crawford, one of the all-time top dudes uh, in, in professional sports. Uh, he was on the Blazers the year I interned for the Blazers, JP. Ooh. There's that I word that you love to associate with me so much. When I wow. interned for the Blazers, Jamal Crawford was there and uh, met, met a couple times. Always, always the nicest of guys. So shout out to you, Jamal Crawford, and, and thanks for uh, giving some love to uh, our favorite uh, women's basketball star. He was also a warrior in probably like one of our darkest times because it was post We Believe. It was post the uh, season after We Believe where we won 56 games but still had the ninth seed in the West. And then... Wait, you did not win 56 games and have the ninth seed. Maybe it's 51, but either way, the 2007-2008 year. Oh, no, 48, 48. Okay. That's still 48-34. That is still absurd. That is yeah. so absurd. A little bit less absurd than 56, but but 48. We're excited. We're talking about Jamal Crawford. I get it. We're, our emotions are running high. But he, uh, sorry, he was like kind of like the, uh, okay, well, we've lost everybody. The wheels fell off. The, the fun of We Believe is over. And then Jamal Crawford came aboard, and it was like, dope. We... We we have a star again. Thank you. So I appreciate Jamal Crawford for more than just the Talia shout out and more than just being Terry's friend while he was in his first internship of many. <laughs> second, second, second right. internship. I don't know of many. if that makes me sound better, but it was the second one. <laughs> they heard they heard how good of an inside source you were. <laughs> Fuck you, Benny. <laughs> I won't even explain that inside joke. Oh man, but yeah, love love Jabal Crawford. Just yeah. Um, <laughs> let's move to the diamond sports. Lots to talk about here. Um, let's go with bad news first. Uh, Softball. What happened? I mean. Softball started twenty two and four. We talked about that. They are now twenty two and seven, which means they lost three games at the weekend. All three games at Arizona State. Who's a good team? Arizona State's ranked two. Um, they have another game before uh, before they come back to open their home slate, their home Pac twelve slate against Stanford next weekend. They play Grand Canyon tomorrow. We're gonna talk about. <laughs> Grand Canyon is going to get messages in this episode a lot. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think it's a bump in the road, JP. And I say that without having uh, really dissected these games. I did not, you know, get notes from uh, our uh, the, the czar uh, head of Oregon State softball, Laura Berg. But I'm not willing to freak out about this yet. I think this is a tough series on the road against a good team. And this shit happens. Am I wrong? No, I agree. The only thing that's concerning to me, and maybe not concerning, but also kind of just like a letdown. It's the, uh, it's Steptoe's performances. So I was really excited for her going into the year. And like, this is why I think, I think you're right though. The, the 
lending to your theory of there's a bump in the road is you know pitchers just don't dominate all season long. They have a couple starts and they have a rough patch that uh, they their numbers inflate and it, they have to bounce back from. But you know Tony Stepto has now lost three of her last four starts going back to that Portland State loss a little over a week ago and that uh, that weird Oregon Oregon State tournament. <laughs> Um, where her ERA before that was uh, like one four eight, and now is three four nine, and what she had two starts against ASU, uh, Friday and today Sunday, both times they just they jumped on her. Um, they left her in a lot today. She gave up nine runs in seven and a third, but uh, they also jumped on her for five runs in just three innings on Friday. Both times they really got on her in the first inning, so maybe it's a nerves thing. Maybe it's just like a, all right, I'm finally kind of facing competition that's really studied me and has been as ready for me. Um, so I'm hoping it's just a bump in the road. But I think this team goes as she does. There's a lot of great offensive players, but when you have a pitcher of like her stature and you know being an Olympian and everything else, you you know that the team feels confident when she's confident on the mound versus, you know, if she's getting, you know, just bull rush at the beginning of the first inning, you're going to feel like you've got a lot of ground to make up as a player. And so I'm hoping that this is a bump in the road and I feel like it is, but that's my only area of concern that I'm going to keep my eye on going forward for sure. Yeah. I think that, um, like obviously you don't want to lose, but that's part of why it's good playing in such a, a good conference for softball. Like, you take take it on the chin now uh, and, and help prep yourself for the postseason play. And I think that, um, you know, again, you never want to see a loss, but there's a lot that you can take out of that. And um, she has plenty of time to get her confidence back. Right. And film works both ways. I think something that uh, a tendency we always have is when someone's really good right away. And I mean, we don't, Tanya Stepa doesn't need our endorsement she's an olympian and <laughs> incredible athlete who's won at totally. really high levels before but also it's she's now pitched a lot and yeah. the top competition in a really good conference uh <laughs> in collegiate softball uh is studying those pitches and is is coming prepared so and i think that's something that you know we talk about when like in in football terms when a, when a quarterback first comes in and is really good uh right off the bat then they kind of have that sort of come back down to earth uh, moment where it's just like, all right, well, de- defensive coordinators have, have seen what they can do now and are, are game planning uh, for them. But we don't always talk about sort of like the third phase of that, which is when that athlete, you know, puts, you know, some, some not so great film uh, on tape and how they react to that. So she's going to have this opportunity to see these performances against Arizona state. Again, great team in a great conference on the road uh, and get to get to come back from it. So I think it's, you know, not anything to be super concerned about right now. If it proves to be a trend, uh, then maybe uh, it's it'll be harder to look at the beginning of the season as signs of, uh, you know, a championship contender rather than just being a a tournament contender. Um, So, yeah, I hope it's a bump in the road. But yeah, I'll be paying attention to this uh, the Stanford series uh, at home um, pretty pretty closely just to just to see how they react. And you know, it's long season; they've played twenty nine games at this point, 
and they've been by far the better team in most of them and yeah. scored a lot of runs right. against some great competition. So uh, to be like, what's going on with softball would be unfair uh, for, for us to approach this, but uh was kind of hoping to see a bit better of, of, of a weekend um, just with so much momentum behind the program already. But um, best of luck, uh, Laura Berg, either today or yesterday, depending on when this episode comes out against Grand Canyon. Um, and yeah, get <laughs> get get your asses to Kelly Field to support the softball team. Uh, if you're if you're in Oregon and in the Corvallis area, I know it's spring break. But I also remember spring break. Some people stuck around, didn't just chilling. JP did that all the time. So JP's <laughs> current modern equivalent: go to Kelly Field <laughs> at the day after the, the day after going to Gill for the women's NIT. Mm -hmm. uh, support women's athletics. Come on, be about it. Hell yeah! Awesome. Dope athletes on campus, winning games and shit. So get get out, uh, get out, show out, wear orange, be loud. Uh, and yeah, big, big series uh, against the Cardinal uh, this this coming weekend. Yep. Moving course to the other diamond in Corvallis. Um, Oregon State baseball. They're all right. They're okay. A program we've heard of. They've won a few national championships. Made a a couple couple rap songs over the years too. Um, Don't ask for five more seconds. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I said I'm not going to ask for five seconds of this. I feel like I've given you enough work tonight, JP. Um, <laughs> but a few, a few championships, a couple rap songs. I think we're ranked top. There's, there are okay, not important. Don't even want a sidebar. There are too many college baseball rankings. So many. There, I said it. There, I said it. In college football, there's the AP poll and the coaches poll, and that's it. Maybe there are more, but no one re references them. It's like. I see a press release that Oregon State is ranked in the top 10 in seven of the 12 major college baseball <laughs> rankings. There are too many college baseball <laughs> rankings. This makes it all the more funny when Duck fans are like, no one cares about college baseball, even though you ended your historic wrestling program just to have a college baseball program. Whatever, not important, not part of the story. Oregon State baseball played Grand Canyon in Arizona State <laughs> at, at, <laughs> at Coleman, Goss Stadium at Coleman Field uh, since the... Last time we recorded, uh, tallying a record of three and two, scoring a lot of runs. If we didn't have to play on Sunday, if you took all of the Sunday games <laughs> out of this season, Oregon State would be ranked number one in the 10,000 different college baseball rankings that exist. <laughs> we can't figure out Sunday, but everything else is good. So I'm going to start it there. I, JP, I know you have a lot to lament right now, but other than Sunday, other than Sunday, this team is great. Yeah, totally. And I mean, okay, Sundays are because of our uh, woes with our pitching staff and the injuries that we've endured thus far. It is <laughs> problematic. Benny straight up called it out last week that if this keeps happening, uh, we should be concerned. And they head into the ninth with a 1-0 lead tonight. 1-0. I like, okay, but that's a baseball score. Not like yeah. Friday, where it was a <laughs> which was a football score. score. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you should be able to hang on a one zero lead at home. You should. I knew you, you weren't sweeping them when we won twenty one to nothing on Friday because I was like, that's just the way baseball series works. It's like you're gonna lose a game two to one after that, and your dad, not just not your dad or my dad, but just the dad of a the dad, is gonna be like. 
couldn't they have saved some of those runs for the last game? Like, <laughs> I'm glad you just said that because I was going to make that comment. <laughs> Terry, you tell us uh, you're so a dad. True. Uh, I've got like I've got like ten percent of the capability to to be a dad. We're working on the he, other night. He just has the now. jokes. Yeah. The jokes <laughs> down. I I don't get this team though. It doesn't make any sense to me. It would be very very worrisome if on Sundays we were giving up you know seven eight nine runs a game, but our bats just went cold, and that's what happened last Sunday too. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they could have. They should have saved some runs for the last game. Right, that's stop. just. I'm done. That, that's why I'm not concerned with it. Is because to me, like weird things like this happen. I think it's an anomaly. I don't think it really uh, placates into a serious problem. Um, but uh, it's go. It's the more it it happens, the more it's going to become a thing. And baseball sometimes it's tough to get stuff like that out of your head. Uh, so you. Like, I want to see them win next Sunday really bad just so that they can, like, brush this under the rug and not have it be a thing anymore. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the bats going cold, I mean, you know the bats went cold when Jacob Melton went, like, over 3 today, I think, right? Right. So the uh, Melton record watch is still on, but you know the team has gone cold when a guy like him doesn't even get a hit today either. Well, and so answer me this, because the way I would think – as someone who isn't a statistician of college baseball would be that you would play your best pitcher or have your ace uh, pitch the the Friday night game, yeah. uh, your second best pitcher Saturday, and then your third pitcher would pitch on Sunday. Yep. That's why it makes zero sense that we're dropping 21 on them on the first day of the series, and then we can't manage to score hardly at all on the on Well, the it was like – we're down pitchers though, and so essentially, like our weekday pitchers are pitching on Sundays for us. Yeah, but our defense is fine. Uh, like, are you talking about the other team though? I'm, also doing the same? No, that's, that's why. I, so what I'm saying is that if, right? So okay. So yes, what I'm saying is that the third uh, game out of the series. Oregon State's pitching you would think would be problematic because we've had injuries there and it's not and so that's why I don't think it's a problem but it the other point I was making is that it's it's even crazier that our bats are going cold we on should Sunday theoretically be should... facing the weakest pitch. yeah exactly. yes okay exactly. that makes sense yeah and then yeah. not dropping 21 on a Friday night starter is what you're yeah it just doesn't make sense it doesn't really make sense and I don't know if this is just like a youth thing. I don't know. I mean, we've got a lot of pretty young guys that are getting a lot of playing time that are contributing really, really well. We also have a lot of young pitchers filling in right now that really shouldn't be like weekend series pitchers, right? Um, but are doing a tremendous job. So I think it's just early, early season kinks. Yeah. Um, as we're figuring out who's kind of available in the long haul and who are we not going to be able to, you know, rely on to be a all around contributor throughout the season. And, you know, you got guys like Jacob Kamatz, who's four and zero and filling in now as a kind of you know second starter, Saturday starter. Um, but you still got like Fenix and, and Frisch who aren't aren't playing, and but you you got Guerra who went like eight for eight this weekend before I think going over two in his last at, a couple of bats today as a freshman. All these guys are Pizana hit his first home run on Friday, a grand slam. I mean. 
we've got a lot of talent, and I think the consistency is a, is a really just uh, an issue strictly because of experience and and also just guys getting thrown in who weren't maybe ex- expecting to be contributors or needed to be contributing this early in the season or at this point in their collegiate careers. But I think it'll all it'll all settle out okay. But the Sunday trend is still a little concerning. But I do think that like the real identity of this team is what happens throughout the rest of the week, and that Sundays are anomaly. And yeah, there was another anomaly this what Wednesday, like Grand Canyon. But this, this team is a powerhouse, and these guys are all studs. So I mean, I'm not too of concerned. course, you're gonna give up a bunch of runs to a team whose home stadium is actually the Grand Canyon. you can hit the ball out of gas pretty easily when you're used to batting practice in the grand canyon it's not fair (laughs) it's not fair that's the insight i'm here to provide is that really in the wait where is their baseball team at grand canyon university it's in phoenix i think well the softball team is playing grand canyon in phoenix tomorrow so not in the not at the base of the grand canyon No, it's not in their their baseball stadium is the Grand Canyon. It's really it's a great <laughs> pitcher's park. It's yeah. in like six mile high walls. Lots <laughs> lots of lots of inside the park home runs, but uh, very Gotta... few going outside the park. <laughs> yeah, we 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 really need to reassess uh, scheduling the Grand Canyon in in baseball uh, and, and and softball as well, all diamond sports. Um, that uh, what was supposed to be the home opener, that game against Seattle uh, from a few weeks ago, uh, has been rescheduled for March twenty third. So that's this Wednesday. That will be at Goss. Then uh, the baseball team goes on the road Friday, Saturday, Sunday in the Bay Area at. Cal, uh, and then a two-game set on Tuesday and Wednesday in Reno at Nevada before coming back for a uh, home set against Stanford. So that's another sort of stretch of games. Uh, This Wednesday, I'll think this Wednesday will actually be a fairly telling game. I'll want to see how they respond to this Sunday disappointment. I would expect it to be pretty good. On Wednesday, I'm not sure who will pitch, who Mitch will have uh, on the mound for that game. I'm not sure he'll want to use Jerpy. Um, actually, I would prefer Jerpy go in the actual conference game on on Friday. For sure. Um, but hopefully, we'll see. We'll see what he does uh, with this Wednesday, and then it's another you know op- opponent that you're supposed to be better than. You're supposed to beat, and a uh, couple potential trap games in in Nevada. So. The, the tests don't stop for this team. Uh, we'll want to see them keep winning series. Uh, they still haven't dropped one yet, and I, I feel like you can't <laughs> you can't worry until you drop a series. And even then, I think it's uh, a little a little uh, alarmist. But the team's fourteen and four. Yeah, it's, it's right. fourteen and four. I don't know what the run differential is. The run differential is a lot. So, <laughs> I mean, Jerpy's game on Friday was like as, almost as like masterful as the offense's game. So, yeah, yeah, we're holding opponents to essentially nothing. We're our bats are just flying. Uh, I'm not too concerned. And, and like honestly, even if we lose a series, unless it's against some like insanely inferior opponent, I don't really care. Right. Yeah. 
And I mean, for that's sure. that's prepping them for for the postseason, right? Like you win the games that you have to win, and that's what it comes down to in the postseason. JP, are you going to go to the game in Portland uh, on Tuesday, April fifth? Uh, yeah, that was the plan. I think I can still do it. Um, but T-ball, <laughs> my oh, T-ball yeah. team, my your T-ball interfere. Is your T-ball team going to play Oregon State? <laughs> Hit up Mitch. Have, have him play him on a Sunday. Are you scared, Mitch? We're going to show you how the ring look. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think I can still make it. We just had the schedules drop the other day. So normally it's like a Saturday and Tuesday, but the uh, first few weeks we're not doing the weekday games and it's still practice, which is Monday. So I think I can still go. I have tickets. Nice. I'm going with Funky Paul Molina and Hell my family. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Funky Palmolina and also shout out to your family. And your family. Uh, JP, the the last baseball note is yours. Thank you. <laughs> I know you're I know you're excited about this. I am very excited that Matt Boyd has signed with the black and orange, not the Beavers, but my Giants. And it's for two reasons. One, it's it's not very common that we have big leaguers who were Oregon State grads. We did have Susack and we did have um What's his face? The uh, relief pitcher. I remember Susak for sure on the Giants. Anyways, but what what I'm super excited for isn't really just like a guy that we we drafted and came up through the system. It's that our GM uh, Farhan Zaidi is essentially always picking off the scrap heap and looking for guys with like mechanical flaws that they can fix. And Boyd, if you recall had an incredible first half of a year a few years back in Detroit. Like, I think he was an all-star or, like, at least on the cusp of it, um, just dominant. And then he got hurt, and then he kind of lost some time, and he didn't come back the same, with the same kind of dominance. And RGM doesn't sign guys unless they he knows they have a huge ceiling and they can get him there. So I'm really looking forward to seeing this season and seeing Boyd in the rotation. I think he's actually out for a few months to start this uh, season. Yeah, Benny, you got it. It's Josh Osich. Osich had yeah. Osich had an incredible year for us too. I think in 2014, um, he got a ring. It was great, uh, but he kind of fizzled out as well. Um, but again, we brought Osich and Susak were both drafted by the Giants. Dylan Davis was another guy who was drafted by the Giants. Um, we've had a few stick with the orange and black color scheme and go make the jump to the big leagues. But we've never signed a guy. And so uh, I'm really thrilled. I think that boy is going to be a huge asset for us. And I'm really excited to watch a Beaver pitch for the Giants, a starter especially. I'm looking forward to that. That's awesome. I'm happy like a five, five mil deal. One year, but that's a typical Farhan signing. So, hey, getting five mil in one year is uh, you could be doing worse. But you, you but could from be a doing worse. yeah, from a less San Francisco Giants perspective and more of a Beavers fans perspective, this is great, great for Boyd because most of our pitchers that come on these kind of deals are on like essentially rehab deals, where they come for cheap, they play in a ballpark that's very pitcher friendly. They've got we have great, great pitching staff and uh, you know, medical team that will make sure that you come back stronger than ever and they work through any sort of flaws that you have in your form uh, or help you develop extra you know, additional pitches or help you focus on specific pitches that are working really well. Um, so I can see Boyd getting a – mark my words, he will get a multi-year deal after this season, probably not with the Giants. 
and it will be a double figure deal. Ooh, Ooh I like that. We'll yeah. remember that. We'll come back to it. Yeah. And just to wrap up baseball, I would like to go on the record and say I hope Jacob Melton breaks both the home run record and the You can't record. turn back now. I'm, no, I didn't say I never said I hope he doesn't break it. I just wanted to be the devil's advocate because both of you, after what, like four games into the season, were like, he's going to do it. And if we're, if this podcast is just an echo chamber, then we're not creating the top shelf content. Great joke, Benny, uh, that our, (laughs) that our listeners deserve. So Jacob, I'm supporting you, but we need to move on. Um, Oregon State Wrestling, a program that we haven't talked enough about this year just because there's so many Oregon State athletes doing it. And I don't understand wrestling still. I'm trying to. but Well, we don't understand gymnastics either, and (laughs) we give gymnastics plenty of flowers, and we'll give gymnastics more flowers at the end of the show. But also, uh, wrestling absolutely needs their flowers. The NCAA championships took place this weekend in uh, Detroit. Uh, the Beavs finished 12th overall in the country, the best team finish they've had uh, since 2013, and had four different wrestlers uh, finish with All-American status. That hasn't happened for Oregon State since 1995. Uh, Grant Willits, Hunter Willits, Brandon Kaler, and Devin Turner all finishing uh, within the top 10 of their uh, respective weight classes, uh, just balling all weekend, uh, one of the best uh, seasons Oregon State wrestling has had in over a decade. Uh, so awesome, awesome to see that taking place. Oh, hold on. Uh, I, I'm hearing that Oregon is now bringing back their legendary wrestling <laughs> program. Breaking <laughs> news. Oregon is bringing back the, the very historic wrestling program that Oregon canned to make room for a bit. I don't know what they're going to – are they going to cancel their men's soccer program? Oh, oh, wait. We're still waiting for them to bring that back too. Okay. <laughs> well, more on that uh in the in in the coming in the coming uh in the coming days um uh, but <laughs> the more important part is uh oregon state uh wrestling just had uh one hell of a season and uh, we didn't get to talk about it enough so gentlemen we we are sorry uh for that um but uh cheers to you and to uh chris pendleton uh the head coach um devin turner i know especially as a, a senior uh, who has been one of the uh, one of the more prolific wrestlers? Uh, he'll retire or leave, leave Oregon State as one of the most prolific wrestlers uh, in our program's history. So uh, great on you, young man! Uh, way to uh, represent and to get get it done um, this year at uh, at nationals. So just congrats uh, to all of you um, on a phenomenal, phenomenal season and way way to represent the Beaver Fam on the national stage the way you did. Hell yeah. And also, I believe there's a great uh, one-on-one interview with Devin Turner on the Those Damn Sports podcast, which we shouted out last week. Yeah. And our friend Ryan Harlan and crew. So go check out Devin Turner's interview on the Those Damn Sports podcast. And keep supporting uh, Oregon State athletics-based content creators because that's what we're here for. And you know what I love about this is like totally nothing to do with the you know, athletes on the wrestling team, but more so just about their brand as <laughs> they embrace the axe that so they're they're like one degree removed from chop them are they using are they mm. they haven't said chop them yet but they might there are axes all over their branding materials whether they're they're real axes held up by the wrestlers themselves or silhouettes of axes in their graphics 
Ooh. They're this close. And so if they embrace Chop them, we will we will stand this oh, program. Well, they, we will I lead. We'll, we'll open, lead with yeah. We'll open every show with Oregon State wrestling. Or hey, all the SIDs listening because I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever team adopts Chopum first will have the opening segment in Belligerent Beefs in perpetuity. Yeah, you win. Winner, winner. Duck dinner. <laughs> Nice. That should be in our opening segment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, They've all turned this the this episode off by now. <laughs> that that would be a, a cool secondary logo. Well, it would be a cool secondary logo to have uh, axes incorporated Ax. into it. I think yeah. so. It's it basically like, yo, I don't know. Is axe throwing a thing in Portland or Seattle right now? Um, there are like, like five little... years ago. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's when I. <laughs> It's finally believe... hitting the Midwest. No. Do you th- you really think axe throwing probably didn't start in the Midwest? Um, <laughs> I didn't say that. Like, yeah, there's been an axe throwing place. You can get beers and throw axes at walls, which is seems aggressive, but also seems like a thing our generation is. I would shout chop them every time I threw the axe. <laughs> chop them. Chop them. I've never actually done it. I, I've been to one, but just I uh, was with people and I didn't throw an axe myself, but I would like I, to do it. I was at a bar over the weekend where they had a, ha- so they had a bar game. It was a hammer game. You had a nail. Oh yeah. Have you- hammer slogging. Yeah, of course. This is the first time that is the first time I've seen it. Jay, have you not heard of oh, this, JP? This is Hammer Schlagen. Hammer oh, Schlagen. You've played this. You Oh, you weren't on that camp, camping trip. Funky Paul Molina knows this game. It was so fun. Funky Paul Molina actually showed me this game and then when I moved back to the Midwest, I saw that it was actually popular in the Midwest and my friends here are just lame. The goal the goal is to have your nail be nailed in last, so you have to try to hit other people's nails down into the It's also piece called Hammer Toss. Or Hammerschlagen. Or Hammerschlagen. It's a it's a German inspired game. How many hammered game. thumbs? Dude, occurred. probably so many. None. Not really. There's a bar. There are bars in mini in Minnesota where you can play this. Yeah, there's a bar in Denver where we played it. Nice. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yo, yeah, TCU has a chance to win with 12 seconds left. Oh shit! What? You should, should turn it on the should TV. Should we live you. broadcast in another basketball game? I mean, the answer uh, is podcast. definitely yes. I th- I'm can't believe you're looking up live March Madness scores and not the rules of hammer schlagen, JP. <laughs> <laughs> you need to diversify. I moved bonds, on. JP. I moved no, on. No, you would like you would like this game. It's fun. I would it's probably just fun. hammer. I don't know. I'd hammer someone's hand on accident. I don't know if I. No, like this you're, game. people aren't keeping their hands on the stump like while you're hammering. How many stumps are we talking? One. It's There's, one big it's stump, one. and you have a nail in it, and you. You get you don't get to like you get like one swing at your nail. There's there's also their... there's also one hammer that gets there's passed one, yeah. around the group. So it's, it's not a bunch hammer. of people <laughs> slamming their hammers down. Exactly. Yeah. Arizona almost dunked it at the buzzer, but they held onto the ball too long. On a, on a breakaway dunk. Really? Yeah. So it's going to OT. Yeah. Oh wow. OT, not a loss. No, no, no. They oh, they they trapped TCU at half court. TCU probably was fouled, but turned it over and like threw the ball into the backcourt. Arizona picked it up and tried to dunk. They tried to dunk the ball at the bucket, and they were about a third of a second held on to the ball about a third of a second too long. 
That is going to be why they lose. They're going to lose. I'm going to call it right now. Arizona's going to lose because they, just need to they should have just laid, they should have laid that in. What, what were they Matt thinking? Is doing? Oh, pacing up and down the hallway of their house for, <laughs> for sure. Waking their baby up. <laughs> Trying really hard to bite his lips so they don't wake the baby up. But yes. Right. Anyway, this has been a long episode, but we need to keep going. Let's keep one going. One more, more segment. One more team. One more team. <laughs> one more team repped by an SID who I know is for sure listening. That is, of course, Oregon State Gymnastics, Amy Sinicola, head coach Tanya Chaplin, Jade Carre, and company competing at the Pac-12 Championships this past weekend in Salt Lake City, hosted by the University of Utah, which, ugh, feelings, feelings. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't like that team. Anyway, the team finished third with a season-best road score of 197.250. Yeah, that's great. Uh, we've got some more flowers to distribute. Uh, Jade Carey, who I just mentioned, uh, we also uh, could be Jade Carey. We, we won't know until we get the pronunciation guide, which I believe is still in production. Or until she comes on the pod, maybe. She or until clarify. she comes on the pod. Hey, clarifies herself. But still, I, I would like uh, Oregon said, I, I'd like the pronunciation guide uh, ASAP. Um, you can send it to belligerentbeeves at gmail.com, at, at belligerentbeeves <laughs> on Twitter, and <laughs> at belligerentbeeves on Instagram, which, whichever is most convenient. Um, Jade Carey, which I think it is. I think it's Jade Carey. I, I, I freshman, freshman of the year and gymnast of the year, on top of actually being a gold medalist, winner of the Pac-12 all around, multiple perfect tens this season. Should have way more perfect tens this season. Another nine point nine 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 five. This. Uh, uh, weekend, which I think is going to become a recur another recurring bit on this show. Show me the blemish. Show me the yeah. blemish. Shout out to Joe Hedberg again, who even like tweeted at me when it went live. I was <laughs> I was at the Minnesota United games. I wasn't watching it live, but I like just finished and I had all these notifications on Twitter. And I was like, "What's happening?" And it was just Joe going, "Show me the blemish," and all these people who liked it. It was like, "Where's the goddamn blemish?" <laughs> there wasn't there wasn't a blemish. No blemish detected is my official response. So Jade. That was a 10 in my book. I know that doesn't matter, but just very putting it on the book. record. It's a very, very important, important book. book. Yeah. I hope uh, someone's uh, building a larger uh, trophy case for Jade because that yeah, thing has to be getting full point. right now. Good yeah. point. Or renaming uh, our, a facility after her, something. Just preparing for it all because it's yeah. in due time. In due time. I saw somebody with the hashtag legend carry. I loved that. I can't. I'm so mad Ooh, we didn't come up with that one. first. I know, and then I look, I clicked it. <laughs> Did anyone else click the hashtag? No, I didn't. Uh, was there was there some like the first thing I saw was Jim Carrey wearing like a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. No, we, no, no, the the moral of the story is we need. <laughs> We need to take over the hashtag and wipe no, that need, image off of exactly. recent, we need, the recent we need to, Twitter. We need to tweet. bump. We need to bump Jade over Jim. 
Jade over Jim. Hashtag Jade over Jim. Hashtag yeah. Jade over Jim. Um, <laughs> just some some notes from the uh, official release that uh, was certainly written by Amy. Uh, but uh, it's six. Oregon State six one ninety seven this season. First time since nineteen ninety nine the Beaver Squad has ever done to uh, shout outs to uh, all of you ladies. Um, for for your excellence uh in their great season i know it's not over yet but freshman jade Carre or jade carry posted a 39.725 in the all-around to earn the outright pack 12 all-around title uh for oregon state that's the first time since leslie mack did it in 2011 and carry also claimed co-champion status on the floor with a 9.95 and shared second on beam 9.95 Bars 9.925 and Vault 9.9 to conclude her historic night. Um, that is implying the existence of a lot of blemishes that I have not detected. And that makes me mad. <laughs> and these judges need to check themselves. And then they need to check check their blemish detection and show me the goddamn blemish. That should be the new official rule. Because they have to we show just me need the a blemish. shirt that says that. Show me the blemish. Me I'm, the shipping, blemish. I'm gonna make a shirt. I'm gonna yeah. make a shirt that says that. Hell yeah. I, a new, it's not an episode until a new shirt is born. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we can't uh, just, you know, talk about um, Jade. We have to Lauren Letch hit a, a career best um, on, uh, on her, fuck was this, floor, 9.9. Uh, .9. Um, Jenna Domingo and Cindy Gonzalez also had 9.85s. Uh, Maddie Dagan had another four, had her fourth 9.9 plus of the season um, as well. So it really is like such a team effort. Kayla Bird was phenomenal on the night as well. Again, uh, Tanya Chaplin winning uh, co her coach of the year uh, honors for the Pac 12, the sixth time she's done it, the sixth time. Uh, but the Damn. first is 2011. So, oof. That's like a, that's like a Tom Brady move. Someone was yeah, right. owed, owed some flowers, owed, owed some damn flowers, and I'm glad she got some, but she I think she deserves a lot more. So I'm hoping at regionals, these judges fucking recognize a little bit, and uh, <laughs> stop inventing blemishes where blemishes don't exist. Um, I really hope that they end up. It looks like um, we. Don't know where they're headed exactly to regionals yet, according to OSUBeavers.com. This is the moment. No, it's not. Yeah, it's not yet. It's not yet. Not, not yet. So I hope it's. I hope it's Seattle. That would be so great. If I'm um, in town and it's in Seattle, I'll take the train up, Benny. We should go. Hell yeah, I'm down. Yeah, and you know when are they announcing it? I think this week, maybe yeah, Monday. It's got to be soon. Yeah, probably tomorrow or the day after. And to get JP to go to Seattle, that's a big deal. <laughs> I didn't say I would go anywhere in Seattle. I'm just taking a train to Seattle. Uh, they'll they'll be easy to not hate as much now that they traded away every good person on their team. It's true, but also that city. Yeah. Sorry, it's not fun. <laughs> we have Seattle listeners, JP. Come on, I know. I'm trying to bite my tongue. <laughs> Benny, I, a proud proud Seattle of a lot of years. Um, so any just not about the Sounders. So. <laughs> I, I still like Seattle. I like Seattle a lot. Benny, I'm gonna come out. We're gonna chill in Seattle for a weekend. Yeah, hell yeah. I'll I'll, I mean, I'll pay I'll pay for the Airbnb and I'll bring the soda. It'll be fun. From Minnesota, I can't wait. Soda. Taking soda from but Minnesota. Only only mini only mini sodas. 
Uh, play, please play five seconds of bacon seven minutes by Andre Nicotino. And if you brag about your freak, I'm gonna say mine's way better. I rotate like the hands of a clock and find ways to make my rap. <laughs> I said I was done, but you quoted Andre Nicotino. When you quote Nikki, when you quote our social media intern, you have to give him his flowers, JP. I, I know. You have to put him into the show. That was my fault. I don't apologize. You did it to yourself. Who, who drinks much soda? Dan's uncle. Or Dan's uncle. <laughs> His uncle, that's right. I'm so happy we made that joke for the two of our listeners who will get it. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, congrats again, head coach Tanya Chaplin, Oregon State Gymnastics, legendary shit uh, for all of you. And you uh, all should have gotten tens. And um, I uh, hate every judge who didn't give you a 10. And that's just just me. but best of luck with uh, regionals uh, next week. Uh, if you are in Oregon at all, get to Gill Coliseum on Thursday night for the women's basketball game against New Mexico in the Sweet 16 of the NIT. We have a team in the Sweet 16 of the NIT. <laughs> so get to Gill Coliseum where we're hosting an actual game in the Sweet 16 of the NIT. And Bill Gill, make it loud, wear orange, get crazy, support Scott Ruick and the Oregon State women's basketball team. Jamal Crawford does, so you can too. If Jamal Crawford is a fan of Talia Von Ohlhofen and you're not, then get your fucking life together. What are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing? I agree. What are you actually doing? Um, If you're in Denver, go to to the one beer garden in Denver and get the porter that Benny had. Uh, I'm forgetting (laughs) the name already. It's the German one. <laughs> Check out Shout our out YouTube where the first episode of the Beaver Fam Focus, aka the Belligerent Beavs BFF, aired. We've got more Beaver Fam Focuses and BFFs to brag about and promote uh, coming up. Join our Patreon. Please follow us on Twitter. Thank you to everyone who just jumped on the Twitter train uh, and got us over a thousand Twitter followers. Our Instagram is still lacking the gut though. And that's mostly my fault, but get on over to IG too and follow us at at belligerent beeves on Instagram. Uh, May 11th is our first birthday. So we're, we're hunting all these milestones by our first birthday. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, JP's got three more shirts to make that he assigned himself <laughs> during this episode. So check out the merch store at belligerentbeeves.com. Uh, I am your host or your co-host. Sorry, guys, not trying to steal any spotlight. Your esteemed co-host, Terry Horseman at Terry Horseman on Twitter at Terrence Horseman on Instagram. Joined by JP Bertram at JP Bertram on the IGs and at the Trial J on Twitter to Trial to be real. And, of course, our Washington-based correspondent, fresh off the tarmac from SeaTac, <laughs> Benjamin Lawrence Sebastian Weehage, a.k.a. Benny with the good quaff, at BennyL1986 on all of the social media channels, including TikTok, where you are uh, showing sexy videos of your quaff all day, every day. <laughs> am I joking or am I serious? There's only one way to find out. Better Look, go um, check it out. At, at Benny with that good quaff <laughs> dot gov. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for tuning into this 40th episode of the belligerent thieves podcast thank you for rocking us with rocking with us for this long i hope your bracket is still intact beaver fam and you're winning lots of money uh and you're dominating all of your office pools and beating that co-worker you hate uh fuck fuck that guy 
I don't know why you hate him, but I hate him too, because we're together, you're with us, uh, and this is not just a podcast, this is a family, the Beaver family. So thank you again for being here. We'll have another episode, our 41st, next week. Uh, all kinds of fun stuff happening, so be sure to follow us on all the social channels. And also remember, the most important thing is that you can't spell Choplin without hope. H-O-P-E. It's right there in the middle. Thank you, Beaver fam. We love you, and we'll see you again next week. Chop them. Chop them. Chop them. The first team that adopts Chop em will lead every segment of belligerent beefs forever. We are not joking about this. Make it happen. The race starts now.